Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. My name is Aaron Master. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. If you notice this big thing up here, you might be thinking, Aaron, you're trying everything to get people to sit in the front row. Right? It's a hot tub up in the front row. It's the best seat in the house. Um, you might be thinking that, uh, but no, that's not why we have that. You might even be thinking, oh, pastors got it good during the week. They get this chill in a hot tub all week long. Not the case. It's actually at a crisp 72 degrees right now, so hopefully it gets warmer. Um, but no, we actually, we're having baptisms today. Uh, it's after, the, after this service, and I think there's six people getting baptized, which is just a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, although it maybe comes across as kind of this church weird thing, it's actually straight from the Bible. It's something Jesus did and he tells us to do. And it's one of the most beautiful, exciting things that's part of like the Christian walk. It's this moment where someone kind of publicly professes that they are a follower of Jesus and that they're putting away their old life or who they used to be without following Jesus and coming up new as someone totally devoted to following Jesus. So stick around, watch, celebrate after the service if you feel inclined. It's going to be an amazing celebration. We'll have cake and some coffee and all happening in here about five minutes or so after the service, and it'll take about 30 minutes to do the whole thing. So definitely worth your time. It's an amazing celebration. But anyways, welcome to Centerpoint Church. Again, my name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. Uh, what I say every Sunday is you're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Our goal here is to do what every good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style, it just might be different than what you're used to. It might be different than other churches in the area, but we want you to know we're still true to the Bible. We take the Bible very seriously and God very seriously, and we want to help, help you take your next step in your walk with Him. Today, it's the last week of our series that we've been calling Rest. We're talking about rest because essentially today, if you ask someone, how's life going? You usually get this first. You usually get good, right? How's life going? Good. How's life? Good. You know, it's just like the natural response. But if you can get a little bit more out of someone, it's usually, I'm busy. Busy. Or, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired. If you're like me, you're both. You're busy and tired, but mainly because you're busy. That's why you're tired, right? You're busy. These are a few things about me, and I'm thinking that you can maybe relate to it, that are like key signs to me that I'm busy and unrested. I wonder if you can relate in your own context. Now, for me, one of the examples is I'm kind of like a frugal guy. I'm kind of like a, kind of a saver, but I know I'm really busy when I choose not to send in my 11% rebate receipts for Menards. I'm just too busy for it. I don't have the time for it. I'm at TJ Maxx sometimes. I mean, TJ Maxx, it's, it's a great store. I'm excited about what I found there. And like nothing's ever necessary at TJ Maxx. It's always fun, right? So I'm excited about it. But my mood instantly shifts when I realize that I'm going to have to wait five minutes for the checkouts, right? So that that's usually shows that I'm too busy, that I can't even enjoy the thing I'm buying. Uh, sometimes I choose to take the long way home when I hit the red light, and I know I can turn right here and just keep moving because I want to keep moving. You know, I just want to keep going. Anybody there with me that, like, if you hit the red light, you're like, I'm going to take the long way home because I just want to keep moving. Yeah. All right. So you can relate with that. 
I'm more tired on a normal day because I didn't get that extra cup of coffee in the afternoon that I now rely on. I'm irritated if someone changes a plan or meeting that I have scheduled for the future. I can't find time to even do some of the things that my, I know my body needs. Drink water, work out, eat lunch, even use the stinking bathroom sometimes. I feel too busy to do that. We tend to make ourselves busy. This is the last one here. Uh, this one seems really silly, but I know I'm way too busy when I'm behind in the TV shows I watch. Shows with my wife, that's how we relax, but I know like when it says, you have three new episodes. I know we've been busy. We haven't even watched our shows. Can you relate? Can you relate? And do you see yourself as busy or maybe as unrested, as tired? For you, how do you know? Maybe you're moodier. Maybe you're easily fatigued. Maybe you're easily frustrated. Maybe you just make unhealthy choices. Well, this unrested or busy life is not what God wants. It's not what God intended for us. Uh, the key scripture that we've been using for this series uh, is actually in Matthew, and Jesus says this. He says, uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Getting rid of weariness, or in other words, fatigue, along with a sense of getting rid of this burden to do, that sounds pretty great to me. That sounds pretty great to me, and I'm guessing it sounds great to you as well. So that's what we've been covering in this series. To recap a little bit of the first two weeks, in week one we started talking about how God has actually given us this command. I'm going to even go a little further and say it's this law to rest. It's called the Sabbath. Uh, in Exodus 28 to 11 it says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the, to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner. Uh, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that's in it, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Sabbath is this weekly reminder that God wants us to take to refuel and remind ourselves our dependence on him. It's this holy time that we set apart to rest. And what's amazing about it is in Mark 2, 27, Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man. I love that, man or woman. I love that, right? It's not this, it's not this holy time where you have to repeat Hail Marys, eat stale wafer crackers, do dishes, run laps. It's nothing like that. It's rest. Or in other words, take a nap. That sounds awesome. Take a nap, refuel, and reflect on God. You choosing to eat Cheetos, sit on the couch for an hour, is more honorable to God than getting that extra hour of work in on your Sabbath. That might be what you need to hear today. That might be why you're here today, is that you need to be reminded to take a Sabbath. If you were here uh, for that first week of the series, you learned from our guest speaker, Amy Holly, uh, that it's more honorable to take a break than work overtime every stinking week because the whole point of a sabbath is to show we trust god will provide greater than us working seven days a week we trust that god will provide greater even though we could make maybe more money maybe we could move up in the workplace maybe we could have greater achievement it is more honorable to work six days instead of all the time 
Then, last week, Easter, we talked about how we can find rest in Jesus and what he's done for us. Jesus has taken this unrestful burden of our mistakes and restlessness to life, and he tells us to be childlike in embracing God's ways and take his yoke, and you'll discover him and rest. A little side note, I mentioned in my email this week, we had 400, or about 400 people here for Easter. That's amazing. That, I, I just want to clap for all of you for like inviting people. and That's huge. Uh, if you don't get the emails I send out each week, you, got, you should sign up, fill out one of those connect cards, put that in the offering bin, and you get information then of stuff like that. But it was just an amazing celebration. Now these two weeks that we've covered were extremely helpful, I think, in experiencing rest. The teaching Amy did on the Sabbath I thought was amazing. And I don't know about you, but I experienced rest from Easter and being childlike with bubbles. We gave bubbles away, and this is with my daughter. We were doing bubbles all Sunday long, and I experienced some amazing rest that day. But just because it's a law to rest, or that Jesus says to do certain things to rest, doesn't really mean y'all do it, right? Weekly even. Nevertheless, like, often, Myself included. I mean, think about the highway once for a second. Y'all see the speed limits? Y'all still fly past the law of a speed limit, right? And we see all these things that maybe Jesus says, but we can skip them and think, ah, I'm good. I'm good on this one. I don't need that one. So for the last week of this series, we're going to get really practical today. It's a little different than a normal message, but we're going to get really practical today and talk about how do you actually make yourself rest? the way God wants you to, consistently. Like, realistically, how do we put it to practice? The content from the last two weeks that we've covered has been good, but how do we put it in practice? And not just have it go in one ear and out the other, because we all know we need more rest. I think we'd all agree with that. Because being unrested and too busy is problematic. And we can be aware of it and laugh it off and think, ha, 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 I'll sleep when I die, right? That's like kind of what people say. But both science and scripture allude to it being necessary to rest and to sleep and it leading to destruction in our lives if we don't do it. Scripture says this, it says uh, in Psalm 3:5, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustains me. It says the Lord sustains me. But I don't know if you noticed, they needed to lay down and sleep first too. Sleep is important. Scripture alludes to us still needing to rest and sleep. And then just like if we're looking at science, just a general overview, I, I looked up like uh, WebMD. How does sleep or rest affect your mood? Researchers have studied the link between sleep loss and mood for many years. They've discovered that people who are short on sleep are more likely to have negative moods and emotions like anger, acting without thinking, frustration, irritability, sadness, and stress. Who has some of those going on in their life, right? Me included. There are numerous studies and medical professionals that state without adequate sleep and rest, your thought process, your memory, your learning are all impaired, and it forces you to confront the demands of your day with constrained resources. And you act in ways you wouldn't normally choose or do when you're more rested. Again, you're more frustrated, you're more fatigued, it's harder to say no to bad things, you're even more willing to break laws, you're more angered, all because we aren't as rested as we could be. God sustains us, but we still need rest and sleep. 
and we become not so great people when we lack it. So God commands it from us. That's, that was the Sabbath. He commands us to rest. All signs point to rest being something we absolutely need in our life. Yet we as a majority, we all struggle to actually put this command to action. So how do we combat it? How do we combat it? Like, how do we actually apply God's command to rest, to actually change, to actually be the best version of ourselves, to be better? There's a story in Scripture we're going to look at here in a second that I think gives some insight on this. And it isn't one that people normally look at or one that you'd think of when it comes to rest. But I think it has a root cause of unrestfulness and living in a way that doesn't put to practice God's way of living. It's actually a story in Genesis, and Genesis 4 is kind of where we're going to look at all these different verses that pop up. Uh, and it, it's an interaction with God and some of the first humans that we can read about that have this interaction with God. What happens is there's these brothers, and they each kind of have their own way of living. They have their own occupation, own way of doing things, their own way of thinking even. One's a farmer, and one has livestock. Well, when it comes time to approaching God's ways and being obedient to God, the Bible says one brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. The other brought an offering, fat portion, some of the firstborn of his flock. Well, what happens is the Lord looked with favor on Abel, the second person, and his offering. But on Cain, the first person, and his offering, he did not look at with favor. What's happening here is Abel is giving God his best his obedience. He's listening and he's following through with his internal inclinations to do things God's ways, to do things right. And he gives God the first, the best. Then the other person is sort of listening. He's sort of being obedient, sort of doing what God wants. Ah, but some is fine, is kind of what he says. One is following through with God's direction and intention on how to live, and one is not. And the person who didn't give their best it says this, So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. He was angry that God didn't approve of his seconds. Now, I just want to pause the story here for a second and just chuckle with you for a little bit here. Has there ever been a time that you were upset when someone wasn't super happy about the fact that you didn't give your best effort? You maybe schedule people to come over for dinner, and when they get there you say, what do you want to eat? We got week old pizza in the fridge or burgers from last night, right? You'd never do that. Or maybe when you're trying to impress, you're like, well, we got Oreos here today. Wait, you don't have Oreos? Come on now. Or maybe it's the biggest project or the biggest client of the year and you give like half effort to try and make it happen. If you would ever do something like that, you're not surprised if the outcome isn't positive, right? Like, for real, can you blame God for not looking at what Cain offered him, right? It doesn't even really say God is, is ticked or mad at Cain. It just says he didn't, look on his bless he didn't look on it with a blessing the same as he did with Abel. But Cain gets angry. He gets angry, almost like an unrested person would. Let's just put ourselves in the story. I mean, can't Cain see? He gave God his seconds. He gave God disobedience. Why would God be in favor of this or bless this? So God corrects him. In, in verse 6 it says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? 
But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Wow. If you do what is right, it says, you're going to have favor. If you don't willingly, sin is crouching at your door, ready to ruin you. That hit me this week. That hit me this week, especially the concept of rest. I'm going to be real with you. I do not rest the way God wants me to. I know I'm not doing what is right, taking a full Sabbath, really, really dedicating a Sabbath, depending on God to provide instead of me working extra hard or that extra day. That's what I do. I I do that. I don't depend on God in that area. And just, I'm choosing to still be busy even when I know it's too much. How about you? I know I need the change, but I don't. Well, look what happens with Cain. It says in verse 8, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you, for you You will be a restless wanderer on earth. A restless wanderer. As in you will always struggle to be rested. I feel this is teaching. If you don't do as God desires, it's just not going to turn out as great as it could. If we are like Cain, sure, we might get the best temporarily, as in we get the first fruits, right? He held on to the first fruits. Instead of giving them to God, you get to experience that. In our context, that might mean we earn more. We get ahead. We do more. We experience more or have everything this culture offers today. But this teaching is saying you will be a restless wanderer and you will miss out on God's blessing on being rested, on being satisfied, on being content. What does being a restless wanderer look like for you? What does that look like in your own life today? Can you tell you maybe are one? Are you experiencing maybe restlessness of your overwork or of your inner desire for perfection or your lack of obedience to take a break or maybe your ignorance on the fact that taking a rest is actually a bigger deal than than what you're actually making it to be? I think some of us are restless wanderers, myself included at times. So what can we do to force ourselves to change, to actually change today? When I really think about this story, I think there are some clear things we can do when it comes to finding both rest and discovering how God wants us to pursue his ways. Again, we're getting really practical here today. We're going to really get pretty real for a second here. Um, So some of these that we're going to talk about are pretty simple, but they're really practical and things you can add to your life right now. The first one is this. Stop. Stop. For able to offer his best, he had to stop and assess what is his best. He had to stop and not do what is humanly natural. What would have been natural was keeping the best for himself. That is natural for us. We want the best. I I want the best. It's natural for us. When it comes to rest, We need to stop doing, stop filling, stop adding, stop chasing, stop doing what just comes natural. In my house, uh, we have this food that's kind of like this delicacy. There's a few left in here. But they're these dried mangoes. 
they're amazing. They're amazing. They are so yummy. But they are something we all love. Now, we get these at Costco, so it's bulk. You know, like it's Costco, it's supposed to be a good deal. But it's $18 for this bag. As with everything, it's gone up. You might be thinking, Pastor, that's a pretty expensive snack you're having. Your dried mango snack's kind of expensive. But the price doesn't matter to me. If it was $25, I would buy it. It's that good. It's that amazing. Has anyone had this before, these, these dried mangoes? Okay, only a few people. I'm going to blow your mind for a second here. It's amazing because it's, it's not super unhealthy. There's no added sugars. It tastes delicious. And the texture in your mouth is awesome. It's awesome. I know that sounds weird, but it just is. It's chewy. It's soft. And what comes natural to me when it comes to these mangoes is eat all of it. It's to eat the whole bag. And that is a pretty expensive snack, right? Like an $18 snack, that's, that's expensive. Well, when we buy it, I kind of just want to like forget to leave it in my car because we do open it like instantly in the car, you know. I kind of just want to keep it in the car and have it be a car snack. But unfortunately, everyone likes it at our house. We all like it, my daughter included. Mango's what she asked for. And I'm like, oh, you, you could have something else. You know, like, <laughs> but I give her a piece and she'll like suck on it a little bit and then usually it gets stolen by her dog. And I'm like, no, I would have eaten that. Even though you sucked on it, I would have eaten that. It's that good. I know, gross. That good though. Now I know it's not right for me to eat the whole bag because everyone in my family would be disappointed. But I can get into a session of eating. And all of a sudden, I look over and I'm like, that's all that's left? You know, like literally, I'll be like, whoa, that's all that's left? And I realize I ate half the bag. And I'm still going. And I still want some more. I need to stop. I need to stop and pause and not just do what's natural. What's natural is finish that bag. I need to stop and be still, reflect, See what God wants. God wants us to be still when it comes to things. Uh, Psalm 46, 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know my ways. Know who I am. Know what I want in the world. Be still and reflect on what God would want. In our topic of rest, you know what's natural, right? You know what's natural in your schedule. Dinners with people events, overworking, shopping nights with your family, weekend getaways, house projects, more. What if we stopped? What if we stopped? I mean, for you, what if you chose to be still and stop for a moment? Don't sign up for that extra sport for your child. Don't add that dinner in. Don't have that extra vacation just that you're cramming in. Don't start a new show don't decide that your kid needs to be on this other team. Don't put in something in that vacant spot that just opened up. This is such a simple, right? Practical concept, yet how often do we do it? Instead of filling, stop and think, is this restful? Like seriously, the next opening in your schedule, don't replace. Don't make it an errand day. Leave it. Leave it for rest. This is uh, actually me even thinking about today, this afternoon, it's supposed to be really nice, right? 70s, that's what it was yesterday. There's a lot of outside work I want to get done. But today is the day I normally rest. I need to make sure that I don't cram too much in and I actually rest. I need to stop trying to add things in my mind right now of all the things I want to get done and rest. What about you? How, do you, how are you going to do that? How are you going to stop? 
Because the second thing that needs to happen then is you need to take five, is what we're going to call it. Take five. You need to take more than a second to process what is restful and what is obedient to God. If Cain would have processed, I have a feeling he would have chose differently. And his different choice would have left, it wouldn't have left him angry. It would have left him rested. You need to take more than a second to ask God to give him a chance to respond to you. Take a break. Let God actually talk to you. There, there used to be this uh, popular, popular commercial uh, that was all about giving a break. Anybody remember? It's for candy. What is it? Okay, Capar. Can you sing the jingle? Oh, oh, yes, I have some people. Oh, I have the video for you so you can listen to it. Check it out. One, I remember this as a kid. One, this makes me feel really old. Because this looks bad in quality. We want a break and we need breaks. We need breaks to make wise decisions. So force yourself to take five, to just take five to reflect, to think. Proverbs 13, 16, it says, Wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. Take a moment to break, to think. Again, we're getting really practical today. So force yourself to stop is what we started with and take five minutes. Take five minutes to think. Take five minutes to close your eyes. Take five minutes to nap. Take five minutes to pray. Take five minutes to rest. Simple concept, yet if you're like me, really hard. It's really hard to do. I get some of you are probably more disciplined than me, or maybe a little less ADD than me, but honestly, honestly, I can't remember a time where I took five minutes and only focused on one thought. Can you? I can't remember the last time where I honestly just listened for God for five minutes straight. Without me interrupting, without something like popping up or a notification pop up, without my mind wandering. How about you? You need to take a break. I want to remind you of this. So I'm actually having a host bring down take fives. So they're coming down with this candy of take fives. Here's what they are if you've never heard of them. They, they're going to hand them out to you while we're watching this video. Check out what a take five is. How do we stuff Reese's peanut butter, pretzels, caramel, peanuts, and chocolate into Reese's take five? Wait a minute. How do we do it? I'm tired of being left off company email. Did someone tell me how we do it? Not sorry. Reese's. Sounds delicious, right? Delicious. But I don't know if you heard the last line they said, how do, you, how do they do it, right? And you might be thinking, how do I actually take five? How do I actually get myself to take five? I have bills to pay, I have the yard to mow, I have dinner to make, I have diapers to change, I don't have time to be still, you might be thinking. Scripture says in Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Stillness and patience are things God expects from us. You don't have time not to be still. Because if you don't control your restlessness, it will catch up to you. Take 
five. How do you actually do that? Maybe you need to save this take five bar and put it somewhere as a reminder. Maybe you need to devour this right now because it sounds delicious and you need to remember this moment. Go for it if that's you. Maybe you need to buy a bag of take fives and put them in your car as a reminder. Maybe you need to set a timer to take five. Maybe you need to actually like schedule it where you are going to take five. It doesn't say this in scripture, but I got to assume here, Abel had an inclination to do what is natural. We all do, right? To hoard, to hold on to what's best. But he took five or I want to assume some amount of time to give and reflect on what God would want. This was before there was even a law or a command to, to give a certain thing to God. But Abel, what he did is he took time to think, if I'm going to give to God, what would he want? If I'm giving to the God of the universe, what would he want? Are you doing that when it comes to rest? Are you taking five to do what God wants with your rest? Again, maybe saying no to something. Maybe stopping something. Maybe it's staying at home. Maybe it's taking a a Sabbath. Maybe it's carving out a whole day for a Sabbath. Because that is going to give you the most peace and rest. Especially when you do the last step. The last step we're talking about today is do what's right. Do what is right. In Genesis 4, 7, you will be accepted if you do what is right, it says. Do what is right. It's so practical, right? So practical and seems so easy to do. So easy, right? Just do what's right. Hence the sarcasm on the last one. It's hard. To do what is right isn't always the easy choice. To do what is right, it might cost you more. It might be more boring. It might be less exciting. It might be harder to do. But you will feel rested in the decision you make when it's the, rest, or when it's the right one. Cain's shortcut left him with better stuff. It honestly did. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It left him with better stuff. Cain had better stuff at that moment. But it also gave him anger. And it took over him. And it left him restless at the end. Abel's was more sacrificial, but was one full of favor. And his life is a full rest with God. When it comes to your choices on what to do, how do you manage your schedule, how to rest, are you doing what's right? At home for me, this is a tension I, I wrestle with. Um, I like hanging out with people. I really do. Uh, I want to say I'm like introverted, but I really like connecting with other couples and just, and just bonding with them uh, over dinner or drink or whatever. So it's something we, we try to cram into our schedule. We do a lot of, my wife and I, Sydney and I. Uh, well, what happens is I often look at our schedules and think, here's a little pocket. I think we can make it work with this couple, or I think we can like, add this into our schedule. Like, it'd be so fun. Like, and we'll squeeze that in, and so we schedule it, and we just cram things in. But then there's times I know Sydney, my wife and I, I know we're kind of at a rocky state in our relationship. You know, those times where, like, where you go and you're like, we've been kind of been bickering at each other for a long time, and like it's, it's not resolving. Like We go through those moments, and we have this dinner coming up, And I know what's right, what's the most restful thing for us in our relationship is canceling that dinner. Even though I know it's fun, I'm excited about dinner, but I'm going to cancel it because I need to do what's right for my marriage. I need to do what's right for us. I need to do what's right for her. That's the right choice. Prioritizing my marriage over the fun, over the excitement. It's a tough decision, but it's one that brings long-term restfulness 
my wife and I, we're good, man. You know, if that happens, we can, we can resolve things. We have time. But if we just cram it in, I know the time with the couple is going to be crummy, right? We're going to be making eyes at each other, and they're not the good eyes. They're the bad eyes. It's a tough decision. Where are you making those tough decisions? With your spouse, maybe, with your schoolwork, at work, with your finances, with your fun, with your, your rest. There's a quote recently, actually not recently, it's one that's been stuck in my head for the last two years of this church plan. Um, it's nonstop. It's like this haunting reminder, this quote. I don't even know who it's from, but it, the quote is this. What you do in private will eventually come to light. What you do in private will eventually come to light. My choices to look to God first, to read scripture, to pray daily, to take five and reflect, to take a Sabbath, to, to maybe sacrifice at times, to cancel, to say no, to rest, are all pretty private choices. They're pretty private things that no one really knows I do. And I'm going to be pretty honest. I've struggled to do all of those things within the last two years. And to be real, like, they've all kind of eventually come to light of, of that struggle, of that, of being consistent with those things. I've had uncontrolled emotions. Uh, I've had less thoughtful decisions. I've had a culmination of bad health choices I've made. Uh, my closeness with God has gone distant at times because I'm not as consistent with him. It's not what I hope for. What I hope comes to light is, wow, Aaron looks rested. Looks good. Looks like he's connected with God. That's what I want that's what Jesus wants from me. It's just, am I doing it? Am I doing what's right? Again, today's message is so simple. It's so simple. But to actually get yourself to rest, stop, take five, and do what's right. If you are a restless wanderer, busy, tired, weary, burdened, stop moving. Literally stop adding today. Take five, be still, reflect and pray like actually do it sometime today put that take five somewhere today tomorrow daily and then do the right thing do the thing that seems honorable to god you find that in scripture you can find what's honorable to god through scripture but for you maybe maybe those inclinations of the right thing is prioritizing my spouse over my league or the time with my buddy or maybe it's canceling something even though it might hurt Maybe it's saying no, even when you feel obligated to join this club or this group or this team. Give God obedience, give God your first, and receive his favor. I'm going to pray that God helps us do that so we can find rest either for the first time from God today or to have God help us find rest in our walk with him. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us just an example of how we can experience more rest. God, I just pray... Some of us are restless. We're restless wanderers. God, some of us are saying for the first time, we want the rest that you offer. We've never really said yes to you. Um, we want to follow your ways. We want to connect with you. You know that your ways are best. So we're saying, God, guide us. And then, God, some of us right now, we have some specific things we want to act on to experience the rest you promise. Have us take five. Have us stop and have us do the right thing. Help us make those things happen this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.